as it has been throughout the millennia. Every generation is given an opportunity to stand in faith or to kneel to the depravities of this world. And I have to tell you that it is our time to stand and to stand fast, to stand fast in the traditions, whether by word, by the spoken word, or by the epistle, by the written word. We need to stand fast upon the truth of God's word. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we are looking at 1 Corinthians 11 verses 1 through 16. I titled this message, Follow Christ. It is a custom at Calvary Chapels to go through the Bible from uh, the Old Testament to the New Testament, book by book, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, kind of did that backwards. But we want to get through the Bible, and this year we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians as we are today in chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Now there's a unique thing that takes place at the beginning of this chapter. When the books of the Bible were written, they did not contain chapter or verse references. The Bible was divided into chapters and verses to help us really to find scriptures more quickly and easily. And in a few places, the chapter breaks have been poorly placed. And as a result, they actually divide content instead of allowing it to flow together. And I mentioned this because here in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, we have one of those poorly placed chapter breaks. And it's actually dividing the content that took place from uh, chapter 10 and should have flowed. Actually, chapter 10 closes with verse 33. There should have been a verse 34. It did not happen that way. Now, I am not going to throw the Bible out because the Chapters and verses are not God-inspired. They are helpful for us. I know there are some other Bible companies that have reworked all of these. To me, at this point, it just makes it confusing. But I just wanted to mention that. We kind of have an odd break as we begin, as we will see in a moment. Today, we're going to look at a message I entitled, Follow Christ, from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 16 and verse 1. We will see uh, the topic, Imitate Me, 
verses 2 and 3, traditions and the divine order. And then verses 4 through 16, customs and contentions. And I'm going to go ahead and read our passage from verses 1 through 16 and get an overall context of what we're looking at today. Open us in prayer and get into a teaching of God's word. Here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors God. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. For a man, indeed, ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man, nor was man created for woman, but woman for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as the woman is from the man, even so the man is also through the woman, but all things are from God. Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. And Father, we pray that you would bless this teaching. And as we look through the scripture here from 1 Corinthians 11 this morning, I pray, Lord, that we would hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, to this church this day. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we begin with that, what I believe, and many would agree, a misplaced chapter break with verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, where Paul says, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So it's misplaced because... It was Paul's admonishment to the Corinthians back in chapter 10 to glorify God with their lives as Paul closed out the chapter in verses 31 through 33 saying, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that many may be saved. And so the idea in all that we do, do to the glory of God, not to give offense to whether Jews or Greek, to the church of God. We 
seek the profit of many that many might be saved. It's how we represent Christ that we might lead others to either receive or reject the testimony of Jesus Christ. How do we represent Christ to others? Are you one that when they see you coming, they shy away and, and maybe even run away or turn you off? Or are you one that you represent Christ in such a way that they are attracted to the person that God has made you as a believer in Jesus Christ? It's so important. Paul encouraged the Corinthians to imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And this Greek word that is translated as imitate or follow in our Bibles, it's always in a good sense, become a follower, imitator in a good sense. Paul has already used this word back in chapter 4 in verse 16, but we'll read 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. It says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I've sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Imitate me. Timothy's going to come. And we could consider that Timothy then was one who imitated Paul as Paul imitated Christ. And Paul said, I'm sending Timothy to you. He is going to remind you of my ways, my path or my road, a means of how we conduct ourselves in this world, a way of thinking. And Paul called the Corinthian believers to imitate or follow him. He sent Timothy to even remind them of his path, his ways. And clearly, Timothy was one who followed Paul as Paul followed Christ. Philippians 3.17 tells us, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who, who so walk as you have in us for a pattern. Follow my example. Note those who so walk because by following those who follow Christ, we have a pattern of how we should conduct ourselves. Uh, this was the method of Jesus himself we find in the early church. And in the Gospel of John, as we begin here, we discover that John and Andrew were the ones who had asked the Lord back in John chapter 1 where he was staying. And Jesus said, come and follow me. And on the next day, Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. Afterwards, Philip found Nathanael and saying that we have found the one whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth. And when Nathanael doubted Philip that they had found the Messiah, Philip responded, said, come and see. And likewise, when Jesus came to Peter and Andrew, we get this from Matthew's gospel, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And afterwards, he extended that call to James and John. And they all left their fishing boats to become followers of Jesus Christ, imitators of Jesus Christ. Moreover, Jesus said to us all in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And finally, Jesus said in Mark 8, 34 through 35, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. 
for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Mark 8, 34 through 35. We discover that true disciples of Jesus Christ are followers of Christ. And of course, the disciples in the first century, especially those who walked with Jesus, they had such an advantage over us today because they were able to physically follow Jesus. But after he ascended into heaven, they continued to follow Jesus through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. In Acts 1, verses 1 and 2, Luke begins saying, The former account that I made, O Theophilus, Theophilus, by the way, means lover of God. The former account that I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach until he was taken up, after through the Holy Spirit had given commands to the apostles whom he had chosen. Once Jesus was taken up, ascended back into heaven, the Holy Spirit then continued to teach the early church. And today, as we become followers of Jesus Christ through faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, we continue to grow in our faith through the teaching of God's word, through the very word of God itself, through prayer, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, and by following the examples of mature believers in Christ. As a child, I followed my parents, uh, my Sunday school teachers, the pastors of the churches I attended. As adults, Lily and I continued at first in my father's church. When he retired, we joined a church in Libertyville where we continued to follow mature believers who helped mold us in our faith. In 1990, we accepted a call uh, to work with youth in a church in Zion, Illinois. In 1992, we moved to California to enable me to uh, study at the School of Ministry at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. But with each move that we made in our lives, even when we came back in 1994 to Illinois, Lily and I continued to look for mature believers that we might follow in order that we could continually grow in our faith. There was an evangelist who used to come to my dad's church. He came several times, and he used to say something like this, Don't follow me, follow Christ. And yes, we are to be followers of Jesus Christ, but we are also called to follow mature believers. And as mature believers in Christ, we should be able to say, as Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 11:1, 1, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And it's my prayer that the Lord would give us wisdom to imitate those who have fixed their eyes upon Jesus Christ. As we move on to verses 2 and 3, I titled this section, Traditions and Divine Order. Under Traditions, verse 2, we read, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. Paul praised the Corinthian believers for remembering all that he had taught them. He also praised them for their faithfulness in keeping the traditions. 
2 Thessalonians 2, 5 tells us, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which you were taught, either by word or our epistle. So there we understand keeping the traditions. Paul explained what those traditions we are to hold fast to, either by word, logos in the Greek, meaning the teaching or the preaching of the word of God, or by our epistle, that which has been written, the written message of the word of God. We are to hold fast to the traditions, the teachings that came by way of the spoken word, but also the traditions or teachings that came by way of the written word. Today, these traditions have been compiled for us in what we know as the 66 books of the Bible. Whether referring to a family, nation, a denomination, a church, we are to measure our traditions by the Word of God. For throughout the millennia, many have been led astray by following the traditions of men. Therefore, we must hold fast to the truth of God's Word, which will prevent us from being tossed to and fro or carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, according to Ephesians 4.14. If we hold fast and true to the word of God, it helps us to stay balanced in our walk and our relationship with Christ. As it has been throughout the millennia, every generation is given an opportunity to stand in faith or to kneel to the depravities of this world. And I have to tell you that it is our time to stand and to stand fast, to stand fast in the traditions, whether by word, by the spoken word, or by the epistle, by the written word. We need to stand fast upon the truth of God's word. And then he mentions the divine order in verse 3. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So he's going to go into a section here that I believe personally has a lot to do with the culture of Paul's day, that he is going to address an issue of head coverings, and head coverings versus that of man covering his head when he either prays or prophesies, as we'll see in the next verse, or a woman who covers or does not cover her head as she prays or prophesies. I, I believe that this has more to do with the culture of Paul's day than what we would consider today culturally accepted in our day, but it is in the Word of God. We want to look at it. We want to go uh, through it. And I'll give you some ideas of why I believe this has more to do with the cultures as we continue through this. So give me a chance to explain. But he begins this section by saying, I want you to know, verse 3, that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Just as Christ is the head of his church. Husbands and wives have their roles in their family. When Adam was in the garden, God said in Genesis 2.18, 
It is not good that man should be alone. So God made Adam fall into a deep sleep. He removed a rib from his side. He formed Eve to be a helper comparable to him, Genesis 2.20. And afterwards, he joined them together as husband and wife. Paul later on talking about marriage in Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Also, Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. This Greek word that uh, Paul uses here when he says, wives submit to your own husbands. It's actually a military term that means to rank under. And ultimately, we all rank under God, for he is over all things. He has a divine order that he has given to the family or life in the family. The divine order actually in Ephesians 5.21, it begins by uh, saying, by submitting to one another in the fear of God. I believe that's where it begins. We submit to one another in the fear of God, knowing that God is over all things. And then he continues saying, wives are to submit to their own husbands. Husbands are to love their wives just as Christ loved the church. And children are to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right, Ephesians 6, 1. Peter even wrote about this in 1 Peter 3, 7, saying, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together, heirs together, notice both the husband and the wife were heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. What a verse that Peter gave to us here, saying, Husbands, Dwell with them in such a way that it does not hinder your prayers to God the Father. And I wonder how many times, men, we have been guilty of having our prayers hindered because we have not been faithful to dwell with our wives, to give honor to our wives, being heirs together in the grace of life. In the divine order, the head of man is to be Jesus. The head of woman is to be her husband. And the head of Jesus is God. 1 Corinthians 15, 28 tells us, Now when all these things were made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So even Christ, as Paul says here in our text, in 1 Corinthians 11:3, he says it again in 1 Corinthians 15:28. Even Christ is under the authority of God. All things are under God himself. And may it be that our traditions, whether in our churches or families, may they align with the truth of God's word. Today we've seen a message follow Christ from 1 Corinthians 11:16. Under imitate me, our first point, verse 1, Jesus, we pray that you would give us wisdom to imitate those who have fixed their eyes upon thee. Under our next point, traditions and divine order, verses 2 through 3, 
May it be that our traditions, whether in the church or in our family, would always align with the truth of God's word. And finally, customs and contentions, verses 4 through 16. When it comes with uh, contending about certain customs, may we be guided by the authority of God's word, and may we always speak God's truth in love. It is my hope today that you have realized that Jesus is the Savior of the world and that you have received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. The Great Commission tells us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and then the Lord promising us, Lord, we need this promise today. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us. If you have asked Jesus to be the Savior of your life, would you please email us at cclv at comcast.net. Maybe you have a question regarding your faith. Again, you can email us at cclv at comcast.net. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. We'll be right back. 